You're listening to local programming produced in KUNV Studios. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Welcome to the Rebel Revolution, UNLV's innovation podcast. Join me, Mana Azizultani, as I dive deep into the world of cutting-edge ideas, game-changing inventions, and inspiring success stories that are shaping our future. The Rebel Revolution. All right, now let's get this party started. So I'm here today with Robert Rippey, our first guest. Oh, sorry, Dr. Robert Rippey. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, I would, uh, especially the doctor part. <laughs> kind of flubbed that a little bit. <laughs> so I am uh, Dr. Robert Rippey. I'm the executive director of the UNLV Incubator, powered by Hughes Center, and uh, Blackfire Innovation. Wow. Um, so you run two spots then? Kind of. So do you want to tell me a little about yourself? Maybe your life story in short, in brief? Yes, I'd be happy to, and I'll keep it brief. Otherwise, okay. we could be here for an hour. Uh, not that it's lengthy. It's just I've had a lot of pivots. So I'll, I'll kind of go backward, go okay, reverse that works. order. Uh, so as I just mentioned, I'm a faculty member here at UNLV. Prior to that, I was the uh, senior vice president uh, and chief marketing officer at, for Las Vegas Sands, specifically for the Venetian and the Palazzos. We know them here in the Las Vegas Strip. And that was kind of the culmination of my private sector career, uh, 25 plus years in hospitality, gaming, entertainment, advertising, all of those things um, for a variety of different companies. Last one, of course, being Las Vegas Sands. Prior to that, worked with companies like Ritz-Carlton, uh, Marriott Hotels, uh, Hyatt Hotels. There were times I'd look back and go like, wow, I wasn't very good at holding a job because uh, <laughs> I didn't move around a lot. but. It took me many different, really fascinating places. Um, and then prior to that, I mean, that was most of my adult life was spent in hospitality. But prior to that, I was a Navy pilot. Wow. So I've, like you said, you've done a lot of pivots, huh? Yeah, yeah. How, how important is that pivoting it's, it's, to keep moving forward? Yeah, as I give uh, young people advice, I'd say it's probably the most important thing to keep in mind is that there are trajectories for your career. One happens the kind of the traditional way we think of that. You get your degree, you go to work for a company, and you stay with them for 20 years. That's a fine and valid way to have a career. Many, many people find that rewarding in the security of it. But then there are people like me who say, yeah, I'm a little impatient, and I want to move to that next level as quickly as possible. And oftentimes, the only way to do that is to pivot, uh, either change employers or look for new opportunities. Or in my path, my path um, it involves sometimes changing careers dramatically. And you know, um, there are risks in that, but I've always been somewhat of a risk taker. So, oh wow, that's really cool. Um, I wanted to ask you. You know, you say you know you pivot and move forward. How exactly did you get into innovation? How did you make that pivot into innovation? I'm not sure if I ever made a pivot into innovation or it's always been a part of my DNA. Okay. You know, if you look back, and as I mentioned, I have a wide variety of different careers that I've, from Navy pilot to, you know, industry to now an academic, there, that, that innovation piece was common in all of them. It was a thread that kind of ties them all together. And 
you know, I've always been the, you know, well, why do we do it that way? Asking those sort of questions. Is there a different way? Is there a better way? And so when you think that way, it, it kind of, A, follows you a bit. You get known for being a little bit of an innovator, uh, a little bit of a rebellious person. Um, and when, you know, the opportunity arose here at UNLV, Dr. Bo Bernard heard of me, not just because of my resume, but because of that characteristic in my resume that I thought differently. Wow, that's really cool. You know, I actually interviewed someone last year, and they were saying that one of the most important things to become an academic is curiosity. And I think that's probably a trait that Bo saw in you. Yeah, I, that's a, a really interesting thing, because I would agree with it. Uh, curiosity drives academics, right? We're always searching. And I guess innovation, too, right? Yeah, Trying to solve they problems. They, and... they converge, right? Uh, innovation is about solving problems. Uh, academia is about researching problems um, and also teaching. But... Uh, there could be problems in that, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on your load, right? Yes. Um, so how how and when did you get to UNLV? Do you want to talk more about that story? Yeah, happy to. So I had uh, reached the end of my private sector career, primarily because I'd topped out. Right? <laughs> what else am I going to do? I'm the senior vice president for the largest gaming company in the world. You know, I had the biggest marketing team I'd ever had. Uh, a marketing budget that was bigger than all of the budgets I'd had prior to that put together. Wow. Like, what else could I do here? And and so I began thinking, you know, there's got to be another step, something else. I'd always kind of kept my foot in academia, uh, being a lecturer, guest speaker, that sort of thing. And I, I loved it. I really did. And so when I got a contact from Dr. Bernard, and he said, you don't know me, I don't know you, um, but I heard about you through several um, of my associates. Could we go have lunch? So we did. Well, he kind of told me what the lunch was for, right? They had this new position to create an innovation program, and would I be interested in it? Timing was perfect, right? When, when was this, more or less? So this would have been about nine years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, quite a while now. Um, and so we went to lunch and he started asking me about innovation and, and some of the ideas that I had. And I gave him some examples. Uh, you know, when I was at Sands, we did, I think, honestly, just tr true statement. I think we had the very first esports tournament on the Las Vegas Strip in 2013 at a time when everyone was like, I don't even know what that is. Esports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> e oh, you're having one of those. I, I don't know what is esports, right? Wow. So we had one, but I gave it as an example of how I thought. You know, I was not afraid to take risks. I was not afraid to try new things uh, because I always felt that as a marketer, you're trying to find a way to differentiate, right? Mm. And, and that's at its core, but differentiate in a way that's meaningful to certain groups or whoever your audience segmentation is. And so ended up telling Bo that story over lunch. And he, he goes on to say, and I'm quoting Bo now or paraphrasing <laughs> him. He says, uh, we had lunch at a Mediterranean restaurant. And he said, Robert had me at the hummus. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, okay, get it. But I was kind of a nice fit for what they were looking for. Yeah, and I think it was probably a really good time for you to get into UNLV, right? Completely, because there was no program like this. We really didn't have any, you know, we, there, Blackfire didn't exist. The incubator was nobody's on nobody's, you know, radar. And But in higher education in general was this movement towards entrepreneurship, 
right? And it's a powerful motivator because it's coming from the students. Many, many students want to do their own thing, right? I want to get my degree, get my knowledge, but I'm not sure I want to go work for a big company. I want to go try this at least. And so that trend is very, very prevalent. So institutions all over the place, all across the globe, are looking at entrepreneurship programs and growing them and, and figuring out how do we do this. Plus, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, UNLV, that's, like, right around the time where UNLV was really pushing for that R1, really pushing the research. And so I feel like research and then, like, this new entrepreneurship innovation kind of little, I guess, what can you call it, project now is really important because it can tie right into that research goal. Yeah, very good point. They, they, are, they are convergent, right? The, the goal of becoming an, uh, a tier one university, which is a g- fantastic goal for any university, uh, does tie directly because some of the metrics that are used in those applications include things like patent applications, oh, wow. uh, non-disclosure agreements, uh, invention disclosure forms, which are fairly common in university settings, but they become even more important because they're feeding into this idea that top-tier universities do a lot of that, right? And so now we not only have that program, we're creating more opportunities for those things to happen through innovation programming and classes. And the first thing I did was create a class. Wow, that's, that's so awesome. I'll actually use that into like a segue to talk about what's going on over in Blackfire. So do you want to kind of talk about, maybe you want to introduce like what is Blackfire? What is the, and then we can talk about what is the incubator. Um, and so. Yeah, yeah. Blackfire is a fascinating expansion of UNLV's uh, innovation and incubation or uh, entrepreneurship programs. And it's a physical place, so it's a 100,000 square foot building located in southwest Las Vegas, so it's not on campus. It's located on what's called the Harry Reid Research and Technology Park, which research parks in the context of universities are places where universities get very close to the private sector. They work on projects together. They create new ideas together. Um, They can even sponsor the company doing research on its own products in that environment. It's different than campus, right? It's a a much more entrepreneurial environment. So uh, UNLV's Office of Economic Development, which oversees all of this, um, at the time was eager to bring up the first building at the research park. And uh, the name Blackfire originated for the building. Blackfire is, do you know what? Do you know no, what I have no is? idea. So uh, Blackfire Opal is the name of the state gemstone in Nevada. Huh. I didn't know that. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a good trick. I like that homage to, you know, home means Nevada, right? That's right. Well, <laughs> also, if you look at a Blackfire Opal, it, it sparks with like fire in it. They're beautiful gemstones. They're, huh. they're, they're opals, so they're, they're very opaque, but they sparkle inside. So the idea of fire inside is black fire. And so they had a name and they had a location. They just needed an economic model to, to get this thing out of the ground. Okay. And a great vision for what it was going to be. And along that time, you know, I knew Zach Miles, who's the head of OED, and uh, my connections to the industry. We took advantage of that. And the first step we did was to bring in a conversation with Caesars Entertainment. And Caesars Entertainment at the time um, had a CIO who was a good friend of mine, you know, and I was talking to him. He he approached me and he says, hey, we're looking to build a research and development lab. Uh, Would UNLV like to partner on that? And I said, well, it's probably not something that they would do as far as I know. But there is an interest to develop this innovation center 
that maybe you could play a role in it. So I introduced him to Zach. Next thing you know, Caesars is kind of a co-founder and this wow. thing is happening. And it, it was extraordinary because what happened uh, when you bring in the private sector like that, especially a Fortune 100 company like Caesars, is that overnight they bring their vendors to the table. So suddenly right. you're not just out there trying to garner donations and sponsorship. You're sitting at the table with LG Electronics and Panasonic and Amazon Web Services and wow. you know Aruba Networks. You're, there's just like 50 or 60 of these tech companies that are automatically at the table. Wow. Some of it's a little arm twisting on the part of Caesar. Some of it is like, hey, great idea. We want to be a part of it. So then you now have a facility that has all of these great technology companies participating in different ways. You have a physical facility, so it's coming up out of the ground. Now you just need to figure out what to do with it. And so it became, and what Blackfire is, we like to say in the vernacular of entrepreneurship, it's an accelerator. So it's where ideas get accelerated into the market. Nice. right? And there's a combination of different types of companies that are in that building now. Everything from startups, people who have, have a product and they're trying to take it into the market, to two of Nevada's technology unicorns. So Unicorn is a startup that has achieved a billion dollars in valuation. Whoa. Nevada's had three. We have two of them in that building, and the third one is also a partner of ours. <laughs> and then, you know, these giant Fortune 100 companies, global entities that are wow. there helping. So you have all different layers of the strata of the economy all working together to push ideas forward that advance innovation in hospitality, gaming, entertainment. And that's the last thing I'll mention on it, is the first building there, and this is the first one at the research park, was focused on hospitality, gaming, and entertainment for obvious reasons. The driver of the economy in Southern Nevada. And so it made sense that that's where we would start. That's also the industry that Caesars is in. So, you know, all of those things converged. And so this first building stood up. And now it's this testament to how quickly, you know, a big public university can actually respond to uh, trends in the marketplace. Wow. Wow. I actually didn't know any of this stuff about Blackfire. And I've been there I don't know how many times now. <laughs> Um, I, so you talked about Blackfire being an accelerator, right? Yeah. I want to, I want to ask now about the incubator. I want to have you talk a little bit about that. Is that like the step before the acceleration part? Yeah, precisely. If you okay. think of them in a pipeline context, incubation comes before acceleration. You need to have a product and a business model before you can take it to market, right? So accelerators, take it to market. Incubator, develop the product and the business model. So the incubator is not located at Blackfire at the research park. It's actually located in Hughes Center, which is, as you know, it's about a half a mile from campus. And Hughes Center is an office park owned by Blackstone Corporation. So Blackstone is a very large private equity firm. So here we go again, private sector, right? So Blackstone approached UNLV, and it's a big office park, and said, you know, we're very interested in kind of changing the positioning of the office park to be kind of more technology forward. You know, until that point, it's a beautiful office park, probably one of the nicest in the city. But it's, you know, it's kind of been the location for the top law firms, accounting firms, okay. you know, uh, marketing companies that service the companies on the Strip. That was kind of where their offices were. And so, you know, Blackstone was like, well, we want to be a little bit more technology forward because that's where office parks are headed. 
So would UNLV be interested in, in partnering with us to create some entity there? So again, OED was tasked with that. They asked my opinion, and I said, incubator. You know, we don't nice. have one. Right. We don't have any place. If student team has the best idea ever to change the world, and we need to help them build a business model, we don't have any place to do that. We right. kind of shake their hand and say, good luck at that. <laughs> right? <laughs> so now we do. And so the incubator is a place where those very early stage teams who have an idea have a place to go, and we're going to help them to build a business model around it, right? Business models are things like who are your customers and how are you going to make this product and how are you going to scale your production? Where are you going to get your funding from and how do you do that? You know, what is a business entity? What's the difference between an LLC and a C-Core? You know, those are the questions that most entrepreneurs struggle mm -hmm. with. Right, because they they come up with an idea. I got an idea to you know change the world. I didn't think about the business model. Well, <laughs> without the business model, your idea is going nowhere. Right. So that's where it fits in. It's kind of that next that next step or first step, depending on your perspective, for those innovators who've come up with an idea and actually want to do a startup. Okay. Wow. And then. So what exactly does it do specifically to help like propel students? Do you, do they like, take a cut after or like how does it how does it all work? I, well, I, I don't really know. Good question. Now, typically, if you think of some of the best known incubator accelerators in the world, probably the best known is a called Y Combinator. So Y Combinators in the Bay Area, they created companies like Coinbase and Airbnb, Whoa. right? Obvious their success is huge. Their model is they take a percentage equity ownership in the startup company in exchange for giving them these resources. So uh, up until now, our incubator has been kind of a pilot project. We didn't okay. have one, so we've been kind of testing out our curricula and the syllabus and see how well it worked. Wait, so is it a class too? No, you say it's, it's structured like a class in okay. that there are sessions, huh. but it's not listed in the catalog, okay. so you can't register for it. Um, and, but it's structured in a similar fashion. And so um, the incubator, again, Y Combinator, similar thing. They're structured like classes, but they're not classes. So in the incubator, uh, the student teams come in and we take them through roughly about an eight-week program that we cover things like business entities. What is the difference between an LLC and a C-Corp? Which one do you need if you're a startup? Well, you actually need to be a C-Corp, but many opt to be an LLC first because it's really easy especially in Nevada, a very business-friendly climate. And so we help them understand all of those things, right? And to nearly all of the entrepreneurs who come in those programs, they don't, you know, that's like trying to speak physics to them. I, like, I don't know anything <laughs> about physics, so <laughs> teach me. Um, but it's been a pilot, pro pro pilot program, so we've refrained from taking equity in these startups, but I think we'll probably revisit that over the next few months. Okay. Um, and do, is it only for students or can other people from the community also? Well, it's primarily for, we'll say, uh, entities that have a relationship to UNLV. Okay. It's a better way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, because oftentimes what happens when you have student entrepreneurs is they come up with the great idea their senior year, <laughs> right? That could be because of research project they're working right. on or in the case of College in of Engineering, that's when they're doing their senior design project. So that's the time they really are going to start thinking about and probably come up with an idea. They're also graduating. Right. So what do you do 
if they've graduated, they're yeah, now right. an alumni. Well, you can't call them students you anymore. You can't call them yeah. students anymore. So we've kind of modified the uh, criteria to right. not just be students, but have this relationship with UNLV. And, and for us, alumni works in that one, works okay. really well. Hmm. Nice. I really like the sound of that. Can we move to Blackfire now and talk about some of the like the cool innovations that are currently going on? Yeah, sure. I mean, there are a number of them. I don't in, even know where you'd fact, start. we are in the midst of kind of renovating or refreshing its laboratory. One of the really cool things about Blackfire is it has this laboratory on the top floor, on the fourth floor, that's half of the top floor. It's about 20,000, 25,000 square feet. And it's this intended to replicate um, the casino resort, all okay. of the business components we think. Right. Of. So like hotel, hotel food and beverage, gaming. gaming, you know, all of the main uh, revenue segments are represented there in a lab. Wow. So that you can test and evaluate and experiment with new ideas. One of the most obvious one in today's world is robotics. Right. So there are a number of robots that are in there. Everything from an AI-powered robot called Pepper to Pepper. very very simple kind of simple function delivery robots like Bear Robotics robots and Piaggio's robots. These are examples of some of the really cool things in there. So you can go in there and you can see robots actually being used and they're moving around on the floor, et cetera. Um, and then from a perspective of uh, startups that are in there, there's a startup that's in the building that's focused on AI. There's a startup who's focused on a new application for uh, how drivers plate, license plates work, you know, digital versus the one that's been around forever, wow. TIN. Um, and then there are companies, like I said, the two of Nevada's tech uh, unicorns, uh, GeoComply and Sightline Payments. So Sightline is on the leading edge of the digital payments industry, particularly in the casino segment. So. All of those things are happening in that building. A lot of really interesting things, all kind of all around this idea of like uh, the, innovation. Yeah, and it's all examples of the private industry coming in and like bringing those innovations well, a little in bit and of partnering with So the, you've got the private industry coming in and then you've got, you know, UNLV's entrepreneurs in there as well saying, hey, I'm I'm doing this startup. I could use some mentoring. Wow. And, you know, these companies like, sure, let's help you, you know, or here's some equipment that you might need to do that. With. That's so awesome. So you're getting the students to basically get in there and help innovate with these with these private companies all in the same on the same space precisely now one of the other requirements that we put on companies that engage with us in environments like blackfire is they've got to connect with UNLV beyond just that building nice you need in hire interns you need to create internship opportunities in this building you need to fund research projects you need to do something that's right? so awesome and for all of them you know the answer is never there's never any kind of pushback it's like we love that idea we want to do that. We really just didn't know how. Wow. Right? And they're like, now you're going to open those doors for us. And, you know, we'll, we'll bring on four interns or five interns. And, you know, it's great opportunities for students, even if, even if they're not entrepreneurs. You know, you get an internship with one of these companies and you do great. Right. You can go anywhere in the company, Yeah, you right? could. Or, the, you know, it's in some cases that company turns around and says, why don't you come work for us? Yeah. Or you can, or it, you know gives you the power to carry on forward into somewhere else too, yeah. right? pivoting as you pivoting. say pivoting. I'll tell you here's an interesting one project that's underway right now. Okay, that is a, probably the textbook example of how this is supposed to work. Okay. So the food and beverage area there includes a kitchen, 
And that kitchen is intended to be kind of an advanced technology kitchen where IoT connected kitchen devices and robotics and media players, all of those things come together inside there. And uh, our partner on that kitchen is Hard Rock. And when we had our first few meetings with Hard Rock, we started talking about student involvement. And it was their project team that suggested, they said, you know, we're going to have to design this kitchen, and then we have to actually hire the contractors to build it. What if students designed it? I was hmm. like, that is brilliant. We love that. So I, we had a meeting with the deans of, you know, uh, the fine arts for architecture and Dean Rama and engineering and uh, the dean of the hospitality college. And we talked about how do we have students involved in the planning and design of this. Wow, that's so cool. And they're like, this is great. This is like application that is unheard of in the you know, university. You're actually working on a real world project using the skills you got in your degree and applying them here. So that's underway right now. We expect that this spring, the first students will start working on that project. That's so amazing. And I, I can imagine it's like one of many examples, right? Yeah, it's a building is filled with them. Wow. Um, I want to kind of ask, what exactly is next for Blackfire or the incubator? Like, you know, we, we have all these companies that are in here, we're getting the students and we're driving innovation. What, what's next? So the, the, the big goal, from my perspective, we need to create our own unicorn out of there. We need to launch a startup that was created by UNLV students that takes off, that we are there to support them, to coach them, to mentor them, to give them resources, and then launch that rocket. We need a, a big, big success story. And we're getting pretty close. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs uh, in our system We've got a lot of great ideas that are, you know, moving forward. It takes a little bit of time, a little bit of luck, but that's the biggie. When we launch and we have some success uh, and launch companies and they succeed and they scale and they're hiring people and they're creating jobs and they've got a company with a valuation of a billion dollars and they all started as rebels, boom, we've made it. That's, that's really inspiring, actually. I almost feel like I want to go. <laughs> Join the incubator with some random idea and just make it big. Well, r random idea that solves a problem. Well, That's the key. Solve a problem. Speaking of ideas, yeah. I want to ask you just a random question. Like, what's, what's the funniest or weirdest idea you've ever heard? Oh, my gosh. That's a hard <laughs> one. Well, it, um, I, I actually do get a lot, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I, some of them I'm not free to share because they, they were – they wanted to keep them private, but I've had engineering concepts that were so would have would have to have been so big, like as the size of a building, that until you make that happen, the the entrepreneurs is running gang, gung, you know gung ho about it, and then you go, yeah, well, that would, how big would that thing have to be? I don't know. Well, you know, how about the size of a building? <laughs> The other one that comes to mind, and this happens a lot because of where we are, right? So a lot of gaming yeah, ideas. Yeah. I'll have a lot of entrepreneurs come with an idea on casino gaming. Okay. Uh, and this is probably not the craziest idea, but it's usually the quickest exit. 
is uh, the, I always ask one question, and now I'm giving my question away on this oh, no. podcast. So anybody smart enough to listen to the podcast is going to know what I'm going to ask them. Uh, I'll ask them to tell me about the regulatory environment for casino gaming in the state of Nevada. Give me a summary how it works. Oh, jeez. And these entrepreneurs will look at me like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I said, well, that is precisely the problem. Because you're moving into a heavily regulated space, you need to understand what are the obstacles and requirements of operating in that space, especially if you're writing code, right? Can you just go create an application for people to bet and go put it on the app store? No, <laughs> you can't. So, huh? Well, it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> and so, uh, in the interest of time, I do want to ask you one last question. Yeah. Why UNLV? For me, or, or why? Let's for say anybody. Anybody. So why UNLV? Because UNLV is young, as universities go right? Which means it's hungry. It's, it can pivot. Yes, it can. Universities, you go to, uh, you know, my, my master's degree is from the oldest public university in the United States, University of Georgia. Fantastic school. Loved it. They don't pivot very fast, <laughs> right? They're big and cumbersome. They're not dinosaurs, but they're just if you wanted to launch a black fire, it would take you 10 years. Yeah. And many of them have come out to meet with us. And it's been an honor to walk schools like that around. And they're like, how did you do this so fast? Like, we've been working on this for 10 years. We don't have a building. We're in an extra warehouse. You know, that's what makes UNLV so powerful is that it can react, it can pivot, and it can create opportunities where a year ago didn't exist. 10 years ago, Blackfire didn't exist. UNLV Incubator, no one even thought of it. Today, we're thinking about how do we expand them. That's so awesome. I, I have the same exact outlook about UNLV. I think, you know, why UNLV? Because we're up and coming and we're hungry and we, we want it. So thank you so much for coming out, Robert. I really enjoyed this conversation. My pleasure. It's great speaking with you. The Rebel Revolution, brought to you by UNLV's Office of Economic Development, the bridge between UNLV and industry. And a special thanks to our friends at KUMB Radio. We'll see you next time on The Rebel Revolution.